Welcome to the BecomeNew.me podcast with John Ortberg. Passage to Wisdom, Episode 22, How to Cope with Irritating People. Hey, this is John Ortberg, and I want to talk to you today about how to deal with irritating people. Do you have an irritating person in your life? Is there somebody where they've got habits, they've got attitudes, maybe it's their politics, maybe it's somebody at home that you live with, maybe it's somebody that you work with, and they just bug the heck out of you. Uh, If you want to become a more loving person, then one of the things that God will do is send into your life a person who is difficult to love, an irritating, hard person. And of course, if you live with somebody and they want to become a more loving person, then you may be the person that God has assigned to them. We all wrestle with this. And I'm talking these days about uh, passages to wisdom, looking at great thoughts from great thinkers. And right now we're in C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters, where old Uncle Screwtape is giving diabolical advice to his nephew Wormwood about how do you tempt people away from God. So this advice is really how to be an irritating person. And if you want to figure out how to deal with an irritating person, how to be different yourself, then you just turn it upside down. So how to be an irritating person. Number one is avoid self-awareness of your own irritating qualities. This is what Uncle Screwtape says. Uh, to Wormwood about Wormwood's patient, the human being that Wormwood is tempting. Keep his mind on the inner life. He thinks his conversion is something inside him, and his attention is therefore chiefly turned at present to the states of his own mind, or rather to that very expurgated version of them, which is all you should allow him to see. Encourage this. Keep his mind off the most elementary duties by directing it to the most advanced and spiritual ones. Aggravate that most human, that most useful human characteristic, the horror and neglect of the obvious. This is so good. You must bring him into a condition in which he can practice self-examination for an hour without discovering any of those facts about himself which are perfectly clear to anyone who has ever lived in the same house with him or worked in the same office. And I think about my learning about my own irritating qualities. Very painful for me to find out from the people that I live with the way that when I get very angry, my face can express contempt. And I did not know this was true about me. I don't think about myself as an angry person, but it's very clear that it is. Or when I learn from people that I work with that I can be in these moods of uh, self-preoccupation that make me impatient and snippy and treat other people badly and they can feel it and see it quite easily and I don't like to think of myself in this way. I want to think of myself as this joyful person uh, but that's not the whole truth about me at all. I don't know who said this. Somebody said a long time ago, if one person tells you you're a horse, you can ignore it. If two people do think about it, if three people tell you you're a horse, buy a saddle. So if you want to be an irritating person, just avoid self-awareness. And then secondly, if you want to be an irritating person, separate your prayer life from your real life. Again, here's old Uncle Screwtape. It is no doubt impossible to prevent his praying for his mother. Now, this particular situation is dealing with a human being who's living with mom and finds her to be an irritating person. Uh, We have means of rendering the prayers innocuous. 
make sure they're always very quote-unquote spiritual, that he's always concerned about the state of her soul and never with the rheumatism. Two advantages will follow. In the first place, his attention will be kept on what he regards as her sins, by which, with a little guidance from you, he can be induced to mean any of her actions which are inconvenient or irritating to himself. Thus you can keep rubbing the wounds of the day a little sorer, even while he is on his knees. The operation is not at all difficult, and you will find it very entertaining. In other words, even while I am praying, I can be sinning. In the second place, since his ideas about her soul will be very crude and often erroneous, he will in some degree be praying for an imaginary person, and it will be your task to make that imaginary person daily less and less like the real mother, the sharp-tongued old lady at the breakfast table. Uncle Screwtape writes, I've had patients of my own so well in hand that they could be turned at a moment's notice from an impassioned prayer for a wife or son's soul to beating or insulting the real wife or son without a qualm. And it's very striking to read those words and to think about people that I know. We had dinner last night with a friend who had been in an abusive relationship for many years inside the church and suffering physical and emotional abuse. And if that's you or you know somebody where they're experiencing that, get out of that unsafe relationship. It's amazing how it is so sad through the years. Sometimes the church has not only failed to clearly call out the evil of that, but even tolerated or condoned it. Third, if you want to be an irritating person, uh, rehearse other people's irritating qualities. Uncle Screwtape. When two human beings have lived together for many years, it usually happens that each has tones of voice and expressions of face which are almost unendurably, unbearably irritating to the other. Work on that. Bring fully into the consciousness of your patient that particular lift of his mother eyebrows which he learned to dislike in the nursery. Let him think about how much he dislikes it. Let him assume that she knows how annoying it is and does it to annoy. If you, if you know your job, he will not notice the immense improbability of that assumption. Like Irritating people are not walking around all day thinking about, here's a good way to irritate me. But it's easy for me to convince myself that they are. And, of course, never let him suspect that he has tones and looks which similarly annoy her. And that this is just such a simple but profound insight. As he cannot see or hear himself, this is easily managed. I can get myself to think over and over again about, man, I don't like that about this person. I remember one time I was in church and there was someone sitting in the row behind me and it was a worship time and we were singing and they were singing loudly and really off pitch and I just sat there irritated and thinking somebody's ruining this experience of worship for me and, and eventually I turned around to look and it was a disabled person and I thought probably to God there is no sound in this room that brings him more joy or delight than that a person who suffers these challenges would just be pouring out their heart to him. And I was just sitting there brooding my irritation. Now, if you want to be an irritating person, just learn to rehearse the irritating qualities of other people. 
And then number four, operate with a double standard. If you want to be an irritating person, screw tape again. In civilized life, domestic hatred usually expresses itself by saying things which would appear quite harmless on paper. The words are not offensive. But in such a voice, or at such a moment, that they are not far short of a blow on the face. To keep this up, you and Glubos, Glubos is the name of the tempter who deals with uh, the patient's mom. You and Glubos must see to it that each of the two fools has a sort of double standard. Your patient must demand that all his own utterances are to be taken at their face value and judged simply on the actual words, while at the same time judging all his mother's utterances with the fullest and most oversensitive interpretation of the tone and context and the suspected intention. She must be encouraged to do the same to him. Hence, from every quarrel, they can both go away convinced or very nearly convinced that they are quite innocent. You know the sort of thing. I simply asked her what time dinner will be, and she flies into a temper. Once this habit is well established, you have the delightful situation of a human saying things with the express purpose of offending, and yet having a grievance when offense is taken. Now, for people of a Scandinavian background, this is simply called conversation. Operate with a double standard. All I did was, all I said was, and the alternative for this is expressed by Paul when he's writing to the community at Ephesus in the fourth chapter, the 32nd verse, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. I am to relate to the people with whom I work and live and play and talk uh, as a person who has been forgiven because of my own sin, because of my own irritating qualities, because of my own brokenness. And when I remember that, then I'm able to look with compassion and kindness on another person. So today, think about that irritating person in your life and name five qualities about them that are positive, that are good things. Maybe they're courageous or maybe they're truthful or um, maybe they're patient. Wh whatever those qualities are, think about five of them and thank God for them. Let's take a moment. We'll pray to end today and pray for that irritating person. So God, I bring this person to my mind. Each of us do. I confess my own difficulty and inability to love and the blindness of my eyes. And I ask for new eyes that I might see this person as somebody you made and you love. And I ask for a new heart that I might love the way that you do. Help me today, God. Help all of us in the fellowship of the withered hand today. We can't, but you can. Love through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You don't irritate me at all. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word become to the number 56525. Or invite a friend by sharing the link become.